We live in a world that is facing one of its biggest challenges in living memory. The coronavirus pandemic has devastating potential as it sweeps across the globe. To fight the virus and its slow its spread, we've had to change almost everything about how we live our lives. In Coronavirus Examined, we're talking to experts from the University of Sheffield to explore the different ways in which coronavirus is changing our world and the way we live. Hi there, I'm Alicia Shepherd, and welcome to Coronavirus Examined. Each episode, we're speaking to a different academic via the socially distanced means of video chat to ask them for their expert takes on the broad ranging impacts of the coronavirus pandemic. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Mark Bryan from our School of Economics. In this episode, we're going to discuss the potential of the universal basic income to help lead us out of the economic downfall caused by coronavirus and potentially safeguard us in the future. Uh, so first of all, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, just before we get really into it, could you tell us a little bit more about your research interests? Obviously, you're a researcher in economics, which is sort of a bit more about that. I'm basically a labour economist, so my, my research interests are about the labour market. Um, but in particular, I'm interested in how the labour market interacts with people's health and their well-being. So I'm interested in um, how people's work experiences of work affect their their well-being and their health, but also how their health and their well-being might affect their experiences of work, what sorts of jobs they do, um, the quality of those jobs, how much they get paid, that sort of things. Um, and the way I look at that with my with my colleagues in the um, economics department is that we use large-scale data sets that are normally large-scale surveys of the population. And so we um, we use statistical techniques to try and disentangle all the different factors so that, for example, we can um, separate the effect of health on work and the effect of work on health. And I guess it's in that context I got interested in universal basic income and thinking how if people had a universal basic income, it might affect their experiences of work um, and how they thought about it, and so how it might affect their well-being and their health, um, and how having a universal basic income might change um, the choices that they made in the labour market and the experiences that they, they had there. So just taking a bit of a step back from that at the moment, what is the impact of the coronavirus crisis on our financial situations, both as a country but also on an individual level? So obviously it's had a big effect on everybody. Um, it's had a massive effect on the economy because of the lockdown. Um, there's a sort of prediction from the Office for Budget Responsibility, the OBR, that says that after the second quarter, the economy is going to be 35% smaller than it was before. So it's obviously had a huge effect on the economy. And if we're producing less, then at some point, we're also going to have to be consuming less because you can only consume what you produce. So in aggregate, there's going to be a huge effect on people's consumption. Obviously, at the household level, that's reflected in the amount of money people have coming in. It's not equal equal across households. There's a lot of inequality in the way that it's affected households. And there was a study a, a while ago that said at the moment, it's um, the households are getting about £500 a month less in disposable income than they were before. But of course, at the moment, we have these support measures in place for people um, who've lost their jobs or who are self-employed and who've had to put the business on hold. So the losses are only going to get worse as the government support measures get wound down and we, we start to come out of lockdown. So there's, a, there's been a large effect. And that's why some of us are interested in whether a basic income could help 
um, could help smooth that path. Do you think that it could, like you say, smooth that path either now or in terms of safeguarding us in the future from events and crises like this? I mean, basic income is something that people have been interested in for a long time. So um, for actually hundreds of years, it's, you know, um, it was originally or one of the original proposers of a sort of basic income was Thomas Paine, who was talking about everybody having a fair share of land. Um, everybody um, should have a right to a certain amount of land, and that will be the basis of a basic income. Um, but recently, um, in, in more recent decades, people have been concerned about insecurity in the labour market, about a very complicated means-tested benefit system that some people through, fall through the gaps of. And so those concerns have kind of been bubbling up under the surface. Um, but this, I think what's happened with the coronavirus crisis is that it's, it's really exposed those in very sharp relief. So we've seen that if you haven't got a stable job um, or you're caring for, for somebody, then you're very vulnerable now. So it's been, it's been estimated that up to 5 million people may be falling through the gaps of the measures that the government's put in place, the job retention scheme, and the self-employment support scheme. And so potentially what a basic income could do is fill in those gaps as, an emerg as a kind of emergency measure so that at least everybody would have a basic foundation to fall back on. And so what some of us have called that is, a, is a, an emergency basic income. So what we've done, we've proposed, we proposed an emergency basic income at the start of the crisis as a, me as a measure to stop people falling to make sure that everybody would have a basic foundation during the crisis. And since then, we've also come up with the idea of a recovery basic income. So this would be a basic income that would come in after the lockdown and when the, when the job support scheme um, is being wound down or when it's been wound down. So what we're going in that, the situation we think that we're going to be in then is that the economy will still be on its uppers. So um, we'll still be in a severe recession so households are going to need to support to go out spending again, especially those that did fall through the gaps. Um, but also the economy will need a boost. So a basic income, a recovery basic income would have a double kind of purpose. It would support households and it would also stimulate the economy. Um, so we think that could be a path out of, out of, um, out of lockdown towards getting the economy going again. And how does that work? Is it literally a case of giving absolutely everybody this basic income and anything that, you know, if households are, do have their own income, then that's on top of this? Or is it specific people? But then obviously you've mentioned, you know, there's difficulties with means testing there. How does that actually all work? So the idea of a basic income is everybody gets it. So um, everybody gets a regular, or the idea of a permanent basic income is everybody will get a regular individual payment. So if you think of something like child benefit or the basic state pension, it's a little bit like that. So with the state pension, um, as long as you've got enough years of contribution, you get that basic foundation. So it's the same kind of idea, but applied to everybody. Um, so I think rather than thinking of it as a top up, it's almost better to think of it as a foundation. So obviously that, I mean, that all sounds ideal in theory to me. I mean, is it practical? 
from the government's point of view and things, for example? Well, these models that people have come up with, they're, they're the serious models. So they've been, um, <clears throat> they've used, they simulated the models using what we call micro simulation methods. So it's a micro simulation um, program is it, it's a it's a bit of software that has all the rules for the, the tax and benefit system in the UK in it, and then you feed in representative data on um, households um, from, for for the whole pop representative of the whole population, and then you can work out how much tax you would need to pay, x amount of basic income, who would need to pay for the tax, how that would interact with other other benefits that people are getting, um, and so then you can see overall what who are the winners who are the losers um what would be the effect on the income distribution and so um what's come out of that is kind of the levels of tax which will be needed so um there's one very common model um which is quite a low basic income of about 60 pounds a week that, that everybody would get um and that would require um, tax rises of about three pence in the pound for income tax. So all, all the tax rates would go up by about three pence in the pound and you would lose your tax allowance. So it would replace the, the basic income would replace the tax allowance. Um, and also then the national insurance um, threshold will go to zero at the bottom. So, so in a sense of could it work? Is it practical? Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, you could implement taxes like that. If I think probably the barrier is more political than than practical, it's about whether people want buy into the idea of this sort of system. So that's the sort of conversation that we're, that's being promoted at the moment about whether people will actually want to buy into that idea. But in terms of whether it's feasible, it's certainly feasible to 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 change taxes of that in in that sort of um, in that sort of order. Um, there are pilots that have been done to see the effects of a basic income in various parts of the world. And what we, how we started this this work in Sheffield is we we wanted to do a pilot in Sheffield. So it's not happened yet because these pilots are very expensive. But we're still we're still interested in that, in that idea. But what they do with the with the with with pilots is um, they give a sample of people. So normally it's a few thousand people. A basic income, and then they compare them with similar people who don't get a basic income, and they see what the effects are. So they've used um, they've used those sorts of pilots to look at the way it changes people's behaviour and choices. So, do they stop work? That's that's um, a, no, a common objection to a basic income that everybody would just put their feet up and do nothing. Um, and what the pilots have shown is that in almost all cases. Uh, that doesn't happen. That, that that's quite rare. Um, sometimes there is a kind of reduction at the margin. So it often tends to be people who are um, not working full time uh, or who have children. Sometimes it's young people who cut back a little bit. But um, for the people responsible for children, it tends to be to do more childcare. And for some of the younger people, it tends to be to do education rather than going straight into work. So there's very little evidence that actually um, main earners just stop working. It tends to be people who are a bit less attached to the labor market. And it tends to be to go and do other things that, you know, it's not just leisure, it's actually 
things which might have a payback down the line or are just activities that are actually valuable in themselves, but they're just not paid work. So obviously, you know, you mentioned the government and politicians and politics of it all as a potential barrier. Do you have any advice for politicians and policymakers at this stage on this idea of universal basic income, both for now during the coronavirus crisis and in the future? Well, for now, we'd we would, re- we, you know, we'd recommend that they implement a recovery basic income of the sort of level we're suggesting. So a thousand pounds per adult for a couple of months, um, as I said, to give emergency support to households as, as we come out of lockdown and to, uh, to boost the economy. And then going forward, then um, I would suggest that they look seriously into setting up a permanent basic income. So as I said, there's, there's, there's different models of that and to looking into the finances of it, to um, looking into the feasibility of it, to um, setting up pilots so that we can actually test it in the UK context, because the evidence I was referring to before, um, because it's never been tried in the UK before, the evidence I'm referring to actually comes from other, other countries often quite a long time ago, actually. A lot of the, uh, the very early trials were done in the US in the 60s and 70s. So um, given that the, um, the world's changed a lot since then, you know, the labor market's changed hugely, um, obviously. Um, so we, we really do need um, new evidence and evidence that's directly re- related to the British context. So that's something that they could, they could set up. Um, they could implement a very a very mod- modest basic income almost immediately. There was a proposal from the New Economics Foundation last year for a, what they call the national allowance, but it's kind of like a basic income. It would be £48 per week for adults. Um, and that will be just an adjustment to the tax allowance. So it's just turning the tax allowance into a basic income. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, it would just replace the tax allowance with a cash payment. Um, um, whereas for other people, it would give them an additional money in terms of, so for people who, who aren't working and don't get the tax allowance, they would get the full £48. Um, so they could do that almost at a stroke of a pen. A chancellor could do that at the stroke of a, with, a, with a stroke of a pen in a, you know, in a budget. Um, just see how it goes, you know, and if it doesn't work, change it, cancel it. But, so I think there's lots of practical the, a full basic income is obviously very ambitious. It's it's a big change to people's mentalities. It's a big change to the, the tax system. But just going, taking a small step there and seeing how it goes is not is not um, a major change, and it could teach us teach us a lot. I think what's come out of the crisis, this coronavirus crisis, <laughs> in terms of basic income, um, that we probably probably wasn't emphasised so much before is this is, you know, in a single word, it's about security, it's about economic security or financial security. Um, That it's really revealed that there's a a fundamental lack of security for a lot of people in the economy. And basic income would address that. And even if you're someone who wouldn't benefit directly from a basic income because um, you'd be paying kind of as much tax as you would get in basic income if you're fairly, you know, depending on where you are in the distribution of earnings, you would at least know it's something you can fall back on. So even for quite well-off people who don't need the money, um, they'd be 
financing something which could well benefit them if they if something if some on a you know completely unanticipated shock does hit them great well thank you so much for speaking to us today that was really interesting to know a little bit more about the economics behind it all and your ideas for universal basic income okay it was nice to talk to you thank you before we go we'd just like to say a huge thanks to mark for talking to us on coronavirus examined Thanks for listening and hopefully you'll join us for our next episode where we'll be talking about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on the disabled community. Coronavirus Examined is a podcast series from the University of Sheffield. It's presented by me, Alicia Shepherd, and edited and produced by Harry Clulo and Tommy Wilson. To find out more about the University of Sheffield's research around coronavirus, head to sheffield.ac.uk forward slash research forward slash coronavirus.